The Spirit and the church cry out, Come, Lord Jesus, come. What's the deepest hole you've ever been down? When I first asked that question, does your mind go to a physical hole or a spiritual reality? Of course, while you may have found yourself down a very real, very deep hole at some point of your life, I was actually thinking about and referring to the depths that the psalmist writes of here. Sin and guilt from that sin can place us at the bottom of a hole so deep it might seem that we will never be able to climb out of it. And that assumption would be correct. That's exactly what the psalmist communicates with the word depths here. He points exactly to those moments that we experience when we come to realize someone else must save us because we are so profoundly past the point, the ability to do anything to save ourselves. When you are in the depths, you know it. You feel it. You wear it everywhere you go every single day. And everyone else can see and knows that you are in those depths. It's ugly. It's dark. It's suffocating emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, and even physically for some. No one has ever pulled themselves up by the bootstraps and climbed their way out of the depths. There is only one possible and permanent way out. It is the intervention of the God who created each and every one of us to be the unique individuals that we are. We must rely on the one who loves us unconditionally despite ourselves and despite our frequent contempt of him. So, despite the fact that we have no right to, we call upon the Lord, the Savior God, to save us. We beg him to reach down into the depths to lift us out. We plead for mercy and forgiveness despite the record of our sins standing as dead weight against us. And we humbly admit that we have no ability to stand before God apart from his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness. And that appropriate humility generates in us an equally 
appropriate reverence for the God who has every reason and right to crush us for our sin and our rebellion, and yet instead, he instills in us the hope. He instills through his word in us the hope of his deliverance, an expectation of that deliverance. And that expectation is so palpable that it is akin to the expectation and the joy of the watchman who waits for the breaking of morning light. Everyone who has truly known the depths that the psalmist is speaking of here also knows the length and the depth of those bleak periods of life when darkness surrounds us. And the only light and the only hope during that wait for the Lord and his deliverance proves to be the word itself. That's where the psalmist points us. From ancient times, this has been the truth. It is the word itself, the word God promises. His unfailing love, his faithfulness to each new generation of believers dependent on his intervention in their most desperate moments of helpless gloom and darkness. It is in those very moments when our Savior God's promises of unfailing love, of his gift of righteousness and full redemption mean the most. To be redeemed is to be bought back from complete servitude to someone or something, a master or a nation or a cause, with no hope or light or possibility of relief. That is our reality as sinners, eternal servitude if God does not intervene. But the Lord himself fulfilled the promise of the prophecy of the last line of this psalm. The Lord indeed has become the redemption that Israel needs. He has not only redeemed Israel as a nation, as a people, from every last one of their sins, but the whole world as well, along with them. And the ransom, the price of redemption, was a perfect human life. The Lord himself entered into his creation to live a perfect human life from conception until death to pay for every sin, not just of the nation of the Hebrews, but for every human being that has ever lived. And his accumulating that cost on our behalf included the human experience to its fullest, to its utmost extent, hunger, thirst, pain, loneliness, sorrow, loss, 
looking demons in the eye, and experiencing even every temptation that we experience, yet remaining sinless through it all. It is certainly no mystery that this is the psalm that the ancients chose for us to be contemplating on the second Sunday of Advent that is to come. As we as Christian believers in our moment prepare ourselves to celebrate the coming of the Lord into our world. We are as eager as watchmen waiting for the morning to see and know in full the redemption that our God promises us from the depths, the depths from which he has won us. There will still be days ahead when we face awfully dark moments and equally dark realities that will tempt us, that will test us, that will disorient us and depress us, and perhaps even drag us once again into the depths. But we know where to turn. As believers, we echo the words of the ancient psalm writer, calling out from the depths to the only one whose mercy and forgiveness can make the eternal difference. We live out our days in the hope and expectation that God's forgiveness is complete and his promises are certain. And we long for that day when we will praise and thank our Lord in person for the righteousness and the redemption that we could never earn. But our gracious God has not only shown us, but given to us in the gift of his righteousness as our substitute. It makes the darkest of days and the most suffocating of depths no match for the unrelenting love, commitment, and power of a God who alone can answer our cries for mercy from the depths every time we experience them. And in his love, with his eternal promises at the forefront of his actions, with his word and sacrament, he reaches down to us in those depths and lifts us out, gives us hope, and makes us more certain than ever before of the reality of resurrection and eternal life with him. A song of ascents. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? 
But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. The word of the Lord.